This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. And we're officially into week seven of the NFL season. We got the NLCS tonight. Bryce Harper, the fighting Bryce Harpers. And the Phillies, we're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on the Odyssey app. The Liberty Flames and... Who else are they playing? Uh, they're playing Middle, Middle Tennessee. Tennessee. There you go. The, uh, God, I can't tell you how much I would Raiders. not touch that game. I'm sure you probably have something in it. Preseason NBA, we're loaded again. There's always something. That is the beauty of even a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, Our right? Magic. It is a Tuesday. There you go. Our Magic and Pelicans playing in that. I love Who's all that? of it. Brock love Marine? it. Yeah, you like them? Okay. Okay, you know, I know. Okay. I could probably hook that up. A little fade, a little lineup. Go ahead, Brock Vereen. Got a little smile on his face. I could probably, uh, Good cheekbones. I might be able to hook that up for you. Suits a little on the, but we'll see. He kind of looks like um, Carlton. Like, kind of, but with better cheekbones. I'm yeah, a big like cheekbone much, much better fan. Looking, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of a key piece, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I see what you're saying. Like, the aura is giving Carlton. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. giving, like... Like, remember when Urkel became Blue Stefan? Lives Matter? It's giving that? Yeah. Is it giving that? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember yeah. Stefan. Yeah. He, he would go from being Urkel to, like, you know, he'd be, he'd be smooth, and then Laura would be falling in love. That's that's kind of like the... Diff- I loved Stefan. It's, it's he like was... the better version. Hey, yeah. really quick, I do have something in this game, guys. All right. What do you got? I have Liberty. Uh, they were 14-point favorites. I was stuck in one hour and 45 minutes of traffic. They're now 15-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorites. I'm actually a little surprised by this, but I like it. They're undefeated this season. The only thing I'm worried about, possible look-ahead spot, they have Western Kentucky coming up. Uh, Western Kentucky also unbeaten right now, but... I just feel like in this game, they're going to be able to hit some explosive passes because if you look at Middle Tennessee, we've seen them a lot because this is the new Tuesday thing. We get Tuesday night football. Uh, As you guys know, we talked about this just last week, same breakdown. They give up a bunch of explosive passes. Um, And I think that Liberty is going to be able to take advantage again. So I only worry about the look-ahead spot and the number bouncing to 15-and-a-half, but I'm a big Jamie Chadwell fan. If you guys remember, he was the coach over at Coastal Carolina, so... High flying offense. They do run the ball a lot, though. They run the ball like seventy five percent of the uh, of their plays. But they could also hit you with some play action right down the field. So I like Liberty tonight. You guys don't want to jump in on this one. It's, no. the, it's the big. It's the big Horvat play of the year. I finally I'm won kidding. some it's bets last one. night. It's a small one. It is more convincing because you have glasses on, though. I will be honest. You well, are more convincing yeah, when you I wear agree. your fancy glasses. I agree. Do you Thank have glasses? You. Thank you. Me? I feel like I saw you with glasses on. Oh, when... I'm blind without glasses. Absolutely. I just have contacts on right now. You didn't have glasses on today when I walked in. Me, no. It was just he Ryan? Didn't. No. I didn't wear any wow, glasses here, I no. swore it was like the whole crew was wearing glasses. I guess Ryan no, we just could gives do that. that look. We'll out. do like a yeah. glasses show, it's guys. A, it's, extra smart. It's called Believe Us. Can I interest you guys in some player props? Because we're we're going to watch this game together. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I got a couple things for you guys. So Liberty, top five in big play rate, right? Uh, third nationally in passing explosives. But let's go with some uh, rushing props if you guys can find them. Maybe a Quentin Cooley or a Billy Lucas rushing yards prop. If you I'm going to go with Cooley. I'm going to go, go with a coolie there. There you go. See, just yeah. like a little show play. <laughs> no, I'm out on these college player props. The last one I took from you lost so very, very handily. So no. That was a rough night. There was I think a... week, only weekend player props in college 
from you that I will tail. <sighs> no Tuesday night action? No Tuesday night action. I think there's a little too up and down for me. Can I interest you in some South Alabama 18.5 point favorites against Southern Miss, the fighting Brett Favre's? No. Can I interest you in Western Kentucky? Maybe a look-ahead spot for them, and guess who they're playing. They're on the road, and they're taking on your squad tonight, T. Jayville, Jacksonville Oh, I State, actually like Jayville. You know what Don't you feel like every Tuesday is kind of becoming... It's like Groundhog Day. I was kind of feeling that way, too. I feel like they're on every like, single like weekday. We, yeah. Like, I'm not going to spend Jayville? any more time on this game. It's going to be the same breakdowns pretty much every every week with the same six teams going Well, the problem ahead, is, so. is that team's brought you so much frustration this year. I feel like every time they've been there involved in a game, there's been something there to just drive you nuts. Big Jayville? game, Caden Salter. Taking the field, he almost forgot his helmet. Let's go. That's always a good sign, right? <laughs> when like, your quarterback always got uh, your bonnet. Yeah. Uh, anything tonight in the NLCS game two? I'm on two. I got two props. I've got the Phillies. Phillies, Phillies minus yeah well, minus one and a half on the run line. I think it's plus money, plus one thirty. It's a wrap. The Phillies are the team of destiny. Yeah, plus 130. Yep. Yeah, the Phillies just have that Uh-oh. feel right now. Just a couple of props Uh-oh. from, oh, my God, right off the bat, we got yeah. Middle Tennessee just. First, first play of the game, my boys uh, trying to hit one of those explosive plays. Your guys, MTSU, once and again. Middle Tennessee picks it off. It so. does feel like MTSU, Liberty, and Jayville all play every Tuesday, <laughs> every not, week. Not a great If time. we can point out, uh, we just had a quarterback Look at this. forget his helmet, run onto the field, and then throw an interception. Yes. So yeah. maybe that was the sign when you yeah. realize oh, you're starting quarterback. Quarterback has forgotten his helmet, and then the first play of the game, he's throwing a pick. So, really quick note on this game: as far as games, I'm excited for this week, this weekend in college football. Number one, obviously, Ohio State, Penn State. This one probably number 85 on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's important to note. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, in yeah, case just... people thought it was higher up on your power rankings <laughs> for the weekend, down to a ten and a half point spread. If you want to jump in on Liberty, really, the question is, how much would anybody pay attention to this if it wasn't on a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday. Probably not very much. So there you go. Uh, outside of like Liberty and Middle Tennessee fans, yeah, probably well, not. Well, right. Anybody that's an alum, and you know what I bet? A lot of them probably didn't care either. Yeah. Let's or be honest. Degenerate gamblers, but that's about it. Well, yeah, yeah but that, again, that's a separate category. So you got to... Did you call it degener- degenerate? And then, Degenerates. You know. oh, okay, good. I oh. bet you said did the degenerate, gen- degenerate gamblers. No. And I was like, am I tripping? I think you are. Probably. It's been a long day so far. Little Emma... Has an infection. I had to get her some dewormers just in case. Some what? Dewormers. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't think good. she has worms, but got to do it just in case. Just in case. It's one, like of those, little, one of those little, days where I actually prefer to have a child. Little creamsicle, <laughs> like syringe in her mouth. She's got a little rash on her belly. Who knows why? Who knows when? Jeez. She's been waking me up every two hours with the the poos. Oh, that's everybody. the worst. So it's pretty much the same. At, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least she warns you, as opposed to just leaving you a present. She stands above my pillow. She'll stand uh, like on the pillow on top of me, and she'll whine until I wake oh. up. It's pretty smart, actually. But again, hey. you know what? She knows what she's doing. Yeah. I've had my dog do that, and it's a lot better. Middle Tennessee State already scored. Wow. Yeah, not good. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not good, Bob. Now. Not good, Bob. Uh, Jump on Liberty. Pro- huh? Probably like seven and a half only. Let's off look the board and check right it now. out and see. Check it out. Not great. Not a great start. Couple of props for me in the yeah. What are we uh, doing? Yes, I think we're ahead. on the same. Trey thing Turner here. over one and a half total bases. He's been a monster too. Like I know we've talked a lot about Bryce Harper, but it's been Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos. I love both of those, especially because well, one Castellanos, I did there was a boost just to record a hit, but you could even go at two plus hits and get some serious plus money for that if you want to shop around. He's got a hit in five of his uh, five of his seven games in the postseason. Castellanos, I'm talking about five home runs over his last three. Trey Turner was the over one and a half total bases. That's He's insane. gone over that in eight of the last eleven. He's hitting four twenty nine against. 
Merrill Kelly. Everybody yeah. that goes back to when he was you know playing with the Dodgers too. But everybody on the Dodgers just beat up on Merrill Kelly. But that can easily transfer over with somebody like Trey Turner. The way he's already been hitting in the postseason, three doubles, six RBI against him. So both of these, it's a good matchup. Whether it's either Castellanos, who doesn't, who's only had three at bats against Merrill Kelly, but he's been hitting the ball like hitting the cover off the ball every single time he goes to the plate so far. And then Trey Turner, who's been awesome this postseason because he took out a billboard and, and apologized to Philly fans, and now they love him, and he's playing good good baseball. So there you go. Yeah, I actually, uh, same thing. Over total bases, yeah. Trey Turner, one and a half. Love that one. Uh, I like the Phillies tonight. I'm just I'm falling in love with this team. I mean, a lot of these guys man. I already was in love with, though. Nick Castellanos spent half of a season in Chicago. I wanted them to re-sign him. They didn't for whatever reason. He became a Cincinnati Red. I still love him, um, especially when they put a microphone in his face. He's great. Do you yeah, say Castellanos or Castellanos? Because I have been saying both, and I feel like people say it both ways. What's I the actual verdict on this? Nicky Baseball or Nick Scott? Cast- I say Castellanos. Nick Castellanos. Nicky, Nicky the C, I yeah. think we're rolling with. Yes. Yeah. Something Nicholas, official. Nicholas Castellanos. I hear, it's, it's, like, it's like Thibodeau and Thibodeau. People say both. And it drives me yeah, but insane. Only, only one of those is right. I right. think Castellanos is. Do you want to emphasize the yeah. double L and show that you have a little culture? I should go back to Castellanos. Lowry season in it. Yes, yeah. I should go back to Castellanos. Let me let me rephrase that. Nick Castellanos. Do you say do you say quinceanera or do you say quinceanera? I say quinceanera. 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 There you go. By the way, I started watching Goliath. There's a reason. There's a, there's an actual like uh, segue in there that would be a quinceanera because in the season two they go to a quinceanera. Yeah. And uh, the Lincoln Lawyer. I don't know if you guys have watched the Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, it's a great show. Awesome. And Ryan no, 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 the, the, no, no, the, the, the show. show. On I haven't seen the show. I've yeah. seen the movie. Though. The oh, guy it's who plays Lincoln Lawyer is actually the villain in season two of Goliath, and he's even better as really? a villain than he is as uh, as the Lincoln oh. lawyer. Incredible. He ends up posting this quinceanera while he's just being like... And also, it's Billy Bob Thornton, who's the mm-hmm. like washed-out mm-hmm. lawyer. Awesome. Awesome show. Very weird. What's it on? It's platform. on Amazon. Amazon? Billy yeah. Bob Thornton's in it? Billy Bob Thornton. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. He's the lead actor. There's four seasons. I think they all get like 100% rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Insane acting, really good stuff. I love Billy Bob. Ever since him and Angelina were like, uh, or is it Angelique? Jo- Angelina. Angelina. I haven't Angelina. said that name in probably like Jolie. Because you've been years. saying Taylor Swift. Remember so he had much. her blood. No. She had his blood on her necklace. Yeah. Does she still like do movies? Yeah, I think so. But not Angelina like Jolie. A lot. I kind of forgot all about her ever since her and Brad split. When's mm-hmm. the last time she did a movie? Wasn't it the movie? Well, she she does like every once in a while like a really weird one that I won't see. Like yeah, she, like, like she like directs and yeah. writes it herself, and See, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good on all that. She's been focused in a massive lawsuit against and, Brad, right? Yes, yeah. where oh, really? they wait, she's oh, suing kids him or something. I, you'd have to go and and, uh, and internet search it out, but her. it's from Something one to the plane. other, a vineyard. And I think he bought it, and then she's like, "You tried to wreck my name, and you spent tons of money." Or it's it's ugly. Getting ugly. She may, you know, and and the kids and raising them, and it's it's been. Pretty brutal. There's I was a lot always of kids too, I think I read there? every fourth line T of the story. So a lot of kids, yeah. a lot of like random. Like, they're just like adopting a new one, like every other week. Moon, yeah, Moonshine you know? Daniels and. <laughs> yeah, I know. I and know. I think that was a reason why they got divorced too. I think he just was like, "Please, no more just adopting," no more. and she just kept adopting kids. Yeah. So we gotta save, you know, one team, one dream. Like, at what point are you like, I can't give attention to all these children? Right. There's, there's, there's an entire. We can't team have fifteen nannies right here, fifteen yeah. night nurses for all these kids. Yeah, I don't blame Brad. I mean. I was always Team Jen anyway. Love her. Rightfully so. She's well, aged got, great, too. They got oh, back gosh. together, didn't they? 
No, I don't know. Maybe not. I can't keep I up know. these days. I don't There's keep only track one relationship that I keep up with, and it's obviously Taylor uh, Swelsey. Taylor Travis Swelsey. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Still going strong. And uh, Are you sure? Yeah. Are we sure about that? Swelsey. Yeah. There's I don't ar- hate that. There's already like satire songs out there that would be like her writing it once they break up. They're pretty funny. There's some stuff all over Twitter, X. They're not it. going to break up. Okay. It's going to be a yeah. uh, you know I I just listen a love story I root I root for your happiness my friend because I can tell it's going to really hurt you when that finally doesn't happen anymore but she'll probably perform at the Super Bowl next year so you'll have that for you'll be sure good. she will so you know there's there's at least that opportunity that's there the, and that's the length of their contract agreement is right. it, it expires <laughs> right. February seventh. 2025. He gets some more business ventures, and she gets the Super Bowl, and then uh, sells more. Well, I guess it's just get more streams. I guess. She gets streams, a rev share on... of the new height sweatshirts that they're selling. I mean, it's just there's always something here, always something. Our magic looking good early yeah, on, guys. Are. Here we go. It's I can't believe the NBA season actually opens next week. I can't believe it either. We've been, been so these... immersed in the NFL, and it's like, oh damn, that's right. The NBA starts next week too. Divisional previews, and I'm like, my goodness, there's a lot of teams. There's, there's... a lot of teams to preview. I know. The we... I'm very curious about how this Pelicans team's gonna go with Zion and Bi. They haven't played enough games for us to really truly know. I don't think Zion likes to play defense very much. Neither does Brandon Ingram. It's just, it's gonna be an interesting roster to watch. I mean, coexist. watching the Magic and Pelicans play right now, you're watching two teams that have. A lot of young talent. Pelicans are farther along. Because, look, we saw what they were when Zion was healthy last year. They were the number one seed in the West early on. But, I mean, this is two young organizations that if they can stay healthy, could have really good seasons. I mean, the Pelicans, I would expect to be better than the Magic. But, damn, like... See, they're putting Franz Wagner on the block right now? What is happening? Our Magic this year, I'm telling you guys, I'm in. There's no Bull Bull anymore, though, which is a little disappointing. I do think that they could win in the Southwest. Or the Southeast. Southeast Division, excuse me. Well, yeah. I mean, look yeah. at the rest of that division. You got to hold off Atlanta, who we know can be a roller coaster. Right? The Miami Heat like are getting the, older. You kind of like Atlanta, don't you? Uh, yeah, I'm talking myself into Atlanta a little bit with a real coach this year. Just, I mean, not not to like win a playoff series. I mean, to go over their win total. You're talking yeah. regular. What is their win total? Do you know what well, it is off the top of your head? Yeah, I think we'll start getting into more of these as we get closer over the next. I think few off days, top but... of my head, it's forty four and a half or forty five and a half. The only thing. I uh, I just because like who's going to be that other, that other team in the East? I mean, last year it was Cleveland. Maybe it's Cleveland again this year. I'm really high on Boston, Milwaukee. Me and Tristan were talking about this last night. I just think they lose a lot defensively without Drew, right? Bringing in uh, Dame, but I just I don't know who that other team is. Is it the Knicks? Maybe I love Jalen Brunson and I like Tibbs, but the East is tough. Oh, was that when I walked up and you said the Knicks are maybe a four seed and I got excited yeah. hearing something yeah. so positive about my Knicks? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Somebody's got to be good in the East. Well, yeah. The, I, it's not going to be the Bulls. The Knicks just have a lower ceiling. And, and like I think everybody expects that. It's it's Bucks and Celtics in the East. and then The East is much more top-heavy than the West is. West feels much more spread out. You got a lot of teams that can kind of compete with each other. The Lakers are, certainly had a great offseason. The Nuggets are going to be... I would say they're, they're at least... Look, no Bruce Brown. You're losing at least one important name, but that that's a team that could be at least similar to where they were next year. And you've got Jokic, and as long as everybody stays healthy. But it just feels like the East is going to come down to... His, it's, it's Celtics, it's Bucks. Clearly, that's where all that's where the odds are. Clearly, that's where the attention is. That's where the spotlight is. And then in the West, it's kind of like everybody's sitting there kind of vying for a position all year. Have you guys a bet... On- off the tournament because this is fascinating. I'm looking at the odds right now. No, my yeah. dad has the Suns though. Does he? Yeah. You just tell what? I'll just take them. <laughs> Suns have looked. They've been fun to watch. But, yeah, Bradley Beal. Did you see Bradley Beal cooking last night? Oh my god, eleven to one. Oh man, I'll tell you what. Bradley Beal is a number three option now on a team. Yeah, dude's gonna look a lot different.
Uh, there's a lot going on in Philly as we're an hour away from first pitch there. We're going to look at that with Bob Wankel next. It's BetMGM Tonight. It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Like a third team all-NBA, like all-star level player to a slightly better player. Like that's what you did. Like that's all that happened. <laughs> like, like it's Dame Lillard, so it's the name and Instagram and Twitter and like NBA people talking. Like you went from like a third team All NBA fringe, like definitely All Star caliber player, to like an All NBA caliber player. Like you upgraded that one position that much and lost depth in order to do it. And you have a new coach, Adrian Griffin, who we've never seen do anything before. seems to me that for the health of the Colts, it is way more important to figure out what you have in your rookie starting quarterback than it is to just try and win as many football games as possible. Like if Gardner Minshew uh, does go on a bit of a run here, or at least plays well enough for the Colts to be in contention, I don't know if that should matter here. I think Anthony Richardson should still come back whenever he is ready. And if that's the case, then, okay, they might be sacrificing some wins because of that decision. But I think for the long-term health of the franchise, that is the better approach. And so, therefore, I'm likelier to take the under 7.5 because for the long-term of the franchise, it's the better play. Oh, 100%. I wouldn't even consider going over 7.5, laying a price here with the Indianapolis Colts. Like, look, the way that they're probably looking at it is, all right, we got our coach. I love our coach, Shane Steichen. Okay, we think we got our franchise quarterback. We'll find out if we have our franchise quarterback. But we're also going through this period right now. Jonathan Taylor's about to leave. He's going to come back, and we assume he's going to play the rest of the year. But after this year, it's done with Jonathan Taylor. It's done. They need to surround for them to win long-term. Richardson with great weapons. And they've been looking for that number one receiver, oh, in every single draft, it feels like, since Marvin Harrison left, right? Um, so they're going to need to find that. They're going to go back to rebuilding that offensive line, which was a strength not too long ago. They're going to get back to that and put Richardson in a great position to succeed. So they don't believe that, I, at least my thinking is, that the Colts aren't thinking, okay, Richardson's just going to lift us up and we can win and off of the vision and off we go to the top of the AFC. Like they understand this is going to be a bit of a process. Psych it's safe. So there's not brand new head coach. There's not going to be any heat there, but everybody seems to love the guy at seven and a half. I think you're right. I think that's, that's an underplay and under an underplay only. And that win that Minshew did get, like that was his first win in a very long time. I think he had a one in eleven record. I know we don't do quarterback record, but just just pointing that out that he wasn't winning games until that big surprise that we saw over the weekend. Let's talk about some unders. Some that I wrote down. See if anything jumps out. We we're just talking about the Titans. What about the Titans number? They start one and two. They get trounced by Cleveland over the weekend. They've got the Bengals next. Ravens in a couple of weeks. The Titans number seven and a half. I would only I, consider on they can't do anything on offense. Right. Yeah. And the defense is spotty and Bad Derrick Henry defense. yeah, like he'll get better. I think the rushing attack will get better, 
that's probably the one thing that concerns me. But seven and a half still seems like a high number. Like if we're six and a half, five and a half, then you have to go over there. But seven and a half, I think, is just a little too much. But at minus 110, I think it's okay as a play, but it's not one that I love. Jake was out at a bar and got swindled by this woman who he thought he was going home with her. They get into the Uber and basically he finds out that she just kind of swindled him to pay for the Uber and then they never really talked again. Well, update yesterday, Jake and said lady are now DMing. So what's the uh, update here? Yeah, game respect game uh, in the summer. You know, you win some, you lose some, it'd be like that. What are you going to do? Listen, it's end of, we're in the waning weeks of summer here. We got to check back in with some of our old, some of the old flames. We got to see what's uh, that's what. what this we, is. This is a late September check in. thing. We, Second home run of the inning. Doesn't even wait to get past the pitch. 109 off the bat. 420 feet in the right center to ring the bell. How about that for a birthday? Just turned 31 today. Harper launches his fourth home run of this postseason. Fourth and eight. They rush three. Spying Hurts, who's airing it deep, looking for Devontae Smith. Underthrown, broken up by Jordan Whitehead. The Jets' defense delivers again. Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. You know, a lot of highlights summarizing what's going on in Philly. All we're missing is James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar in there, Scott, and then we would have had everything. So I think we executed just about what we got going on when it comes to Philadelphia right now. We got less than an hour until first pitch. Phillies Diamondbacks game two, Philadelphia up one nothing in this. Aaron Nola up against uh, Merrill Kelly, Phillies favorites in this again as well. You know what? You hear that Bryce Harper highlight? I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I've accepted it. Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, former Nats. I actually want to see him win. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, I can do it. I was root for my. Uh... It's a fun team. Yeah, I've actually decided until my Phillies win the World Series, I will not stop wearing Philly <laughs> colors, and so I will be wearing nothing but Philly colors the rest of the way, guys, until they raise that championship. It is the trophy. old school, like the yeah, yeah. The, you got the old school kind of maroon. Is that what the official color is? I don't even know, Scott. What's the official color for that? Come on, I believe it's red. Red, red, just, just red. Come on now, it's just you got the rust. baby blues with Probably. the big red. Uh, it's always got to be like P. a random name. I don't know. Maybe Bob Wankel can help have us. Phil and Phyllis <laughs> as the uh, as the the, the the little twins around the Liberty Bell when I was yeah. little. Yeah. Yes. Long time ago. Wait Bob Michael jumps on with yeah. us, director, XL Media, Up Philly's podcast, Crossing Broad. He's busy, so of course we appreciate the time with all the stuff that you're doing. And yeah, it's certainly busy up there in Philadelphia right now. Uh, let's start with the Phillies, though. Let's look at this game, too, and let's look at what we've seen so far from this team in the playoffs. I mean, I'm, I'm watching them. We've all kind of talked about it on this show, man, and I'm going... This kind of feels like a team of destiny. I don't mean to jinx your team up there, but like they just have this feeling where there's they came close last year, got hot at the right time, fell short, and now we're looking at a team that looks even more prepared in the postseason. Yeah, thanks for having me, and it's good to talk to you. And it is crazy in the city right now. And 
I'll tell you what, in Philadelphia, there's always this, uh, even when things are going well, there's always this, yeah, but, and, and people always kind of assume and kind of expect the worst. And that's what's sort of unique about what's happening with this Phillies team right now. Everybody's sort of puffing out their chest. They can all smell it. And it, there isn't that like sense of dread that's kind of paired up with it. Like they really do believe this city, these fans believe this team's going to win the world series. I mean, the confidence is uh, like something I've never really seen before, to be honest with you. Four out of the top seven MVP guys are all Phillies. Bryce Harper plus 600, Trey Turner plus 14, Nick Castellanos 1,400, and Schwarber 18 to 1. What's interesting is that we saw all these teams that won 95, 100 games just get absolutely obliterated in the playoffs, and most of them are home now. Uh, Is it just now you sit back and, and is the Phillies' way kind of the new model where you do everything that you can to get everybody healthy for the postseason and then just rake like there is no tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think the Phillies have definitely benefited from the feel in the city, the feel in the stadium. But they also have a lot of really good players, high price players, star power players. And so it's not like they're this drappy bunch that sort of worked their way to 90 wins and now they're really taken off. I mean, they, to some degree, I think actually kind of underachieved during sure. the regular season. But the Phillies, I think, and, and Rob Thompson, the manager, did a really good job this season of, of kind of pressing the right buttons, not pushing too hard, making sure that this pitching staff was rested, making sure that these guys were fresh and ready to go. And I think for this team, they knew they were never catching the Braves. I mean, the NL East was over effectively by the third week of May. So I think that they sort of had this whole thing circled all along. It was all about October, and it was sort of like a slow play. They played a lot of competitive games, had to work out of the hole again like they did a year ago. And they've just been able to do it now back-to-back years where they have been able to raise their level, raise their game. And you said it. Like, there's a, a Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. Like, these are guys that you expect to produce when, when all the chips are down. And, you know, they're, they're all doing it right now. I mean, Castellanos, Turner, and Harper are on another planet, and they're all doing it at the same time. Uh, unlike my team, obviously, you guys still got a lot to play for this season, so you're not worried about the offseason. <laughs> but Aaron Nola is going to start tonight, game two. He gets the ball. ERA over four this season, four four six, but he went 12-9. and nine. Uh, He's going to be a free agent. Do you think he resigns? He sticks with the Phillies, or do you think he tests free agency this offseason? I think he's definitely going to test free agency. I mean, they were really far apart in the offseason. Uh, you know, there's some reports out there that he was looking for about $200 million, one of seven or eight years. I think the Phillies, from the people I've talked to, were kind of more comfortable with five years, uh, maybe something more in like the 150, 160 range. So it, it, he had a really bizarre season. Uh, he struggled. I mean, there were a lot of times this year where you, you kind of felt downright bad about the way he was going and, and their chances when he had the ball. But now you look up, they've won 10 of his last 11 starts. They've won six in a row, and he's given up two earned runs in 12 and a third innings in the postseason. Uh, he's, he's been really good here lately. And I, I kind of think that he's pretty much undone uh, the the 32 starts and struggles this season by the way that he's finished and by the way that he's pitched in the postseason. I think that he wants to be here. I think the Phillies would love to have him here on their terms. But if there's a, a team that's desperate for pitching, and there will be, uh, and they come in north of $200 million, like I just don't know that the Phillies are going to match that. But they're in a weird spot. They've got some aging players. Yeah. I think we uh think he dropped for a second there. Well, Scott will try to get him back in a second. But uh, yeah, it's it's when you talk about player. Look, you know what's funny? I I, I saw the other I'm like I know this shouldn't surprise me, but like Bryce Harper turning thirty one. Does that feel like real like yeah weird to you guys? It does. Yeah, you makes me feel really old. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, oh, this is 
31st. I mean, I remember he got called up at 19. Yeah, imagine, like, spending your birthday or hitting dingers in the World Series. My 31st birthday, they were, like, picking me up off Lamex floor because I did the tequila hat drink thing. With the tequila hat? There's, like, a tequila, like, hat. I don't want to get into it. I actually kind of want you to while we uh, I think there's pictures. I'll see if we could. Yeah, that's a story. Oh, there's pictures of it? That's a story for another day. It's a weird birthday to get blasted on your 31st. Yeah, it is. I was feeling weird that Not quite like your 21st. It's a whole decade later. Yeah, I was like, there's really nothing to look forward to, except for 40. Or you could have the attitude that it's the 10th anniversary of your 21st birthday. Are and we then it all changes, for, are we guys. For, are we looking forward to 40, Ryan? No, not really. Okay. With you, but we're getting a little bit too close. Yeah, we Zion are. is back, kids. He is putting people on posters. I, but he always does this. I hate to do it don't because it's do, football season, and I know you don't want to tie up your money, kids. Don't do but it. But run to do the book right now. It. Do not no. run it. And bet the Pelicans no. to go over their win total this oh, season. Oh, well, that's. I thought you were going to say Zion MVP bet or something. Zion, that's what I thought. Thank don't you, do sir, to win no. most valuable player. Don't waste don't do your money. Well, you're He's right. Not winning. We you're like right, people maybe to bet responsibly Ingram. here. Brandon Ingram may steal away some votes. It might be one of those things where it's like, oh, we can't give it to Zion because Ingram's also averaging 32. If, if I set it at 40, no, 51 and a half games, total games played this year for Zion, you going over, over or under? Over. Under. Pressure's on. He's healthy. He looks Pre- like a, he looks like a be unit he, out there. If he can't physically do it, the only then thing, there's nothing that, it doesn't matter. The only thing concerning me a little bit is B.I. now goes uh, like full t-shirt under the jersey. You know, like sixth grade. I don't know that I like. It's more that. of like a. I don't uh, like the sleeves. Are those the compression ones? I think they are. Yeah, I think that's a compression. Yeah, one. I don't know. I don't know about those. I think you're. I think you're. Uh, compression. Compression. Compression shaming. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I would wear those, too. I like those. No, I like everything about this Pelicans team other than usually their health. you got to remember last year before the uh, Zion injury, they were the best team in the Western Conference. I think that they're going to be good this year. I really do. And I well, think listen, Zion's going to stay healthy. Well, that's – but again, that's I want what – that, that, That's sort of the – you know, there's certain players. It's not just the NBA. It's all sports, right, where there's certain quarterbacks like Tua, Lamar Jackson, where you say this team can be good if blank stays healthy. The problem is – Normally, those players that have an injury history don't just shake off an injury history. No, and that's don't. why I stay away from the Pelicans. I might bet them game by game, but I don't. I don't. I just don't trust Zion or even Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram's got an injury history too, so it doesn't make this thing any easier. The team is as talented as they could be. They have right? so like, much depth, though. so much depth, and so much talent. David Griffin has done a great job building that roster, but in the end, if you can't keep these guys on the floor, it really doesn't matter. I mean, they just have so many guys, though. Herb Jones. Jose Alvarado, and then, you know, obviously the Stars. I just, yeah, I really like this team, but of course Zion has to stay healthy. I think he will, though, and he got rid of that psychopath, Mariah Mills. She's no longer in his life. He's ghosting her. She's probably Is still he making... Is ghosting her? He's probably, she's probably somewhere still making videos. They've kicked her off every platform. She's probably on MySpace right now with Tom talking about Zion. No, I just, uh, I'm feeling good about our Pellies this year, guys. Feeling really, really good. Hey, really quick while we uh, wait here, I got one thing that I want to talk about All with right. you guys. All right. I'm going to make a big bet. Okay. And um, On the Pelicans to win the title. No, 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 okay. no. Just no. making sure. No, that's a medium-sized okay. bet. <laughs> okay. This is a, this is a big, big. Uh, we're going to be here Thursday night. Yep, we are. Uh, the Jags are back to being one-point dogs in this game. Saints, one-point favorites in a game where the total is 39.5. And, and the reason being, remember last night we talked about this and the Saints were out to three. Three-point favorites. Yeah. And I don't want to play the Saints as three-point favorites against Certainly anybody. Not. But uh, why is the line moved? So, well, today Trevor Lawrence talked to reporters, and he says he's pretty optimistic that he's going to play. And then the backup quarterback, 
Uh, C.J. Beathard also talked to reporters, also says that he's pretty optimistic that Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. is going to play. I'm going to call both of their bluffs. And even if Trevor Lawrence does play in this game, I don't think he's going to be at 100%. He's going against that Saints defense. I kind of like the Saints at home. I don't like the Saints team, but I'm going to bet them now at one. And uh, This under feels like it has to be. I've already bet the under in that game. I think that's going to continue to go down. How do you play Trevor Lawrence in this game on a short week? I mean, you're 4-2 and right now, right? Okay, Houston's a little bit better than you expected, but Indianapolis is going to be without Anthony Richardson. Minshew Mania just threw a bunch of picks. Didn't look very good. I think the Mania might be dead. Ryan Tannehill's out now, right. and the Titans don't look very good. That, that pass division should be yours. All yes. you have to do is just keep Trevor Lawrence healthy. healthy and just maybe take him slow, play him one week at a time. Why is he ready to go? Why is he playing this right. weekend? Well, so just who's to say him? that he is, though? He might yeah. not even play Thursday. And that, true. Like, if they're smart, yeah. yeah, if they're smart, they keep it so the narrative is, oh, he might be there. We think he's going to be there. And then if you're the Saints, you've got a game plan for that. Yeah. And honestly, too, like if you're Trevor Lawrence, not and again, not everybody's 100% week two in the NFL season. Season. This is how this thing works. But if Trevor Lawrence really is still kind of hurting, we've seen what happens like if you're Joe Burrow and you get out there and you're just not ready. You're going up against one of the better defenses in the NFL, one that finally picked off C.J. Stroud for the first time this year. So you'd be better off if you're the Jags keeping Trevor Lawrence out of this game. And it's a lot of Travis Etienne. I mean, Travis Etienne has been Ooh, running. I mean, he's been getting in the end zone. That's beat the books for the next day. There, yeah, get it. Etienne, I, I baby. 100% agree with that. I mean, he's been somebody that is. Rushing our prop 63 yep. and a half. Oh, I love the over on yeah. that. I would definitely bet an Etienne touchdown. I might even dabble into two, t- two plus touchdowns. Why not? He's continued to do that. He's been all over the place. Again, Saints defense, though, is going to make that a lot more difficult. But the reality of it is that's going to be their go-to guy. C.J. Beathard. Yeah, C.J. Beathard handing the ball off. Although C.J. Beathard a spot start for like one game. We saw it in San Francisco yeah. with Kyle Shan, and he learned from there. Yeah, he did. But, yeah, this, this this feels – look, it's usually unders anyway Thursdays. Yes. So this just has more of the feel of it under. First but that number's under. starting to drop. It's gone from 41, I think, to 39 now already. 39 and a half is the last I saw it, but shop around. Yeah, 39 and a half right now. Yeah, I uh, I like the Saints, though, and we'll see. I don't, I, I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to play, and even if he does, I don't think he'll be very healthy in this game, so – We'll wait and see. And then, ooh, five minutes ago, Aaron Rodgers attempting to make a quick return from Achilles surgery, said Tuesday. He's obviously ahead of schedule, but caution that he still has many hurdles to clear before he'll be back on the field. This is from Adam Schefter five minutes ago, though. Well, he was on McAfee today and talked about it, so that might be from what he said on McAfee. My favorite uh, weekday of the week is uh, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Yeah, I think he's going to be back by week 14. That's my bold prediction. It's, and dude, it's still just Guys, a, my Jets. This I, could be one of those years. I said this to Buffalo when they asked me about all these unders, that you know, you find a team that is just pesky defensively, finds a way to get momentum late in the season, beats teams they have no business beating, and then they get hot late in the season. I think that could be the Jets. What scares me a little bit is Robert Sala was feeling himself a little bit too much at the uh, podium. Yeah, he oh, was. And yeah. he was like, we're just we're just embarrassing. He walked it back, though. Did you see that? He was like, yeah. Well, yeah, you got Josh Allen Wrong coming up here in a couple here, weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah just, you pumped the brakes. Let's wait till we get Aaron sure. back on that field. But, no, I, I'm feeling a little bit better about the Jets. And they did that without Sauce Gardner. Yes. So um, You see his tweet. He was like, the craziest thing is, is I feel fine. I don't feel like anything is wrong with me. Yeah. Just got to get him back out there because mm-hmm. I feel Concussions like. Concussions are no joke. I feel like uh, the Jets are not dead. Like they just have to. They are pesky. They have to stay alive until Aaron comes back. If he actually comes back from this injury, I know Cam Akers did it a couple of years ago. Or it was, was that what last five year? months with him. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, and I mean, Aaron's just—he's older, but it's a different position. And you think like mm. the way that you have to cut as a running back. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know. 
I, I'm just worried because it's that offensive line, though. Like, you get him back out there. And That's the like, scary yeah. thing. You're going to have to really get rid of the ball quickly. So an update from cell phone coverage. And you all la- will laugh at this. T, when's last time you were in the city, brotherly love? Uh, maybe like two months ago. Okay. You're well aware of the sports complex. Yes. The link is right here against 95. Just to the north of it is, well, across the lot is the indoor arena where the, the Flyers and the Sixers play, among others. And then the sit is right there. Right. So all three are right there. Tonight, there, the Phillies playoff game starts in about 30 minutes or so, uh, 40 minutes. The Flyers' home opener started early. I think it was a 6 o'clock puck drop against the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, so it's, And at the yeah. link, they have Germany men's national soccer team against El Tri, Team Mexico. There are 150,000-plus oh, people. Oh, man. Bob has been texting me. He's like, dude. It's we're a just, for we're, us. It, I'm so sorry. I called about 20 times. He tried to dial out. He's like, there's just there's no cell service anywhere. That he said, sense. I am so sorry. He he just texted. Been there. Happy to jump mm-hmm. on again with the crew. I pride myself on cell service. It's how I define my existence. <laughs> oh, okay. Our great line. Apologies. That's totally fine. Well, the good thing is we can talk to Jeff Schwartz next. Is Washington the clear-cut favorite in the Pac-12? Look around the NFL. All of it. Jeff Schwartz up next with BetMGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Yeah, Gotta check in and see what's going ball. on. See if, the, see if there's yeah. any life left in any of these dead relationships. So wow. we just got to go back, check back in, see what's up. You know. What's her name? Listen, Did you send I, a I, I initiated? What's her Instagram whoa. account? Whoa. <laughs> Wait, uh, no, yeah, we're just listen. I said it to Mario after, as I was walking out. We were volume shooting this weekend. Not gonna lie, we're just volume oh, shooting. We're copy pasting. Right. Oh, oh no, no. we're we're no. copy pasting. We're volume much, shooting. We're just seeing who bites. And then Jake, how much? How much would it take for for you to read on air what was copied and what was pasted? I could read. Uh, I could read a good one from earlier this summer that me and Mario went over. I, oh, I agree with her oh you guys said like a team meeting. Oh, Wait, there was, there was, oh, I would yeah. call it a collab earlier this summer, but there was a, wow. uh, oh, no. a, a warm meeting, if you will. Oh, is it- oh I need this. Oh. Riverboat Ron is his nickname, Ron Rivera, and he decides to not go for two to win the game against the Eagles and what would have been a huge signature win for a commander's team that feels like they're just on the cusp of, uh, you know, being a solid team. Why do you think he chose to not go for it? Well, that's a good question. I was at commander's park yesterday and i did the post game show for the commanders doing little fill-in work for them and this is a big point of debate and Mm -hmm. ron said in the post game press conference that his guys were tired like they were exhausted 
So he just wanted to kick the extra point, go to overtime. Well, the, the counter argument to that is, well, if you're so tired, do you really want to go to an extra session on the road in Philly against a team that we all know is more talented than Washington? Because I feel like when you go four full quarters toe-to-toe with someone who is better than you, and then you go a little bit longer, eventually you just get worn down and the advantage goes to the team that is simply better, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. No question about that. There's a reason why they were laying eight and a half points yesterday. I think I I think I would have gone for two in that situation, and I understand his guys retired. It's one play. You, you ask Eric Bieniemy, what do you got? You got to have one. You got one play for us because the Eagles were exhausted. And the crazy thing about that drive at the end of the game is that the Commanders didn't have any timeouts, so they were doing this. They're driving down the field, no timeouts, finding ways. Sam Howell was awesome. I would have gone for two. It's easy to say after the fact because it didn't work out. But for Ron Rivera, he wanted his guys to have that break between the fourth quarter and overtime. I don't necessarily like that call, but again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly. Like, I think, obviously, if he would have gone for it and they didn't get it, then we would be having the opposite right. discussion. Even though I tend to agree with you, I feel like overtime is where underdogs go to die. Like, it just feels like... If you have the the luck or the fortune, which I don't even want to call it luck because the commanders did play a good game. Like, I'm not saying it's all luck, but you get what I'm saying. Like, if you get four quarters and you're hanging around this team that on paper is better than you, you do not push your luck in overtime. And especially somebody who has a, a nickname that is associated with taking risks. <laughs> I think that was the the craziest part is because you would expect this from maybe some other coaches, Mm -hmm. but do you think Ron Rivera has changed his coaching mentality at all from like his previous days? Because he's been coaching for a long time and people are allowed to change their ways and their mentality. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. This looked like it was over from the start. Chiefs jump out to a 17-0 lead in the first quarter. Jets rally all the way back, tie the game at 20 in the fourth quarter, and then kind of a crazy sequence where Jets pushing for the lead, trying to drive down the... And the Huskies survive! Lewis is consoled, and the field is stormed, and Washington... Has won it. 36-33. Now second and 10. SC needs points for the conclusion of this first half. Williams pressured. Retreats and now he throws another interception. It's Benjamin Morrison who rises. We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Yeah, another good weekend of college football. I mean, you got games with great endings. You got games that live up to the expectations, and some would say at least Oregon and Washington exceeding those expectations with what we got on the field, guys. I've now watched it seven times. 
I've Set, actually you've um, gone up to seven now. Seven times. My you own team. You really need a hobby. Yeah, I, no, I want to be honest with you. You need you need a hobby. Notre Dame blew out USC, and I've only watched that twice. But I've watched Trista's Ducks now seven quack, times quack, and baby. the Washington Huskies just because Michael Penix. I mean, that was an epic performance. He took he looked a beating, really good. and he made throw after throw. And like we talked about last night, I hated to see Oregon and Dan Landing and Bo Nix lose that game because Bo Nix was also excellent in that game, man. Um, I want to see that again. Hopefully, we do get to see it again. Jeff Schwartz jumps on with us, eight-year NFL veteran, of course, a duck as well. Pac-12 today, Sirius XM. Uh, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. Podcast, plenty of things, lots of things to do. He's and to study at Jeff uh, Schwartz's house in I mean, college. We, we, you know, honestly, that's where we have to start. Is those Oregon Ducks, your Oregon Ducks, Trista? Jeff, when you watched that game and we saw what happened and we saw the ending and we just watched the back and forth and all the hype around Oregon and Washington and who's the best team in the Pac-12. What did you just take away from that game when it was all said and done? What did that game tell you about both of those programs? That Oregon should have won. That's what it told me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, you know, it, it, uh, you have 100 more yards in Washington. You convert 60% on third downs. You don't turn the ball over. I know people use fourth downs turnover, but, I mean, that's not how they're charted, right? You don't turn the ball over. Rush for 200 yards. Michael Penix was, I think it was his third worst completion percentage at Washington. Uh, he was 22 of 37, 300 yards. I mean, it was a, it was the throws outside the numbers were really good, right? But, you know, anytime that there was pressure in his face, uh, Oregon was able to slow him down. I mean, there were so many things Oregon did well to win that game and just didn't. Now, obviously, in the end, that's not, you know, you don't always win the games that you play well in. Washington's also a very good football team, but, I came away thinking that we, you know, Oregon kind of lost an opportunity there to put themselves in the playoff. I think it's really difficult to imagine a scenario where I know Oregon fans are excited for a rematch in in Vegas, but I mean, I, it feels feels not very guaranteed to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, Washington will be there with their schedule. Uh, they're not losing twice, and and now can Oregon make sure to to run the rest of this schedule without any 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 hiccups and um you know they play most of those games at home which is nice and go to utah they don't have a quarterback right now so i think it was you just you can't blow these opportunities in college football right? i mean i'm a i'm you know obviously watching nfl i'm a chiefs fan i mean if chiefs lose a game it's like whatevs we'll be fine you lose one college football game and you know the the sky's falling down and your program needs to change and you're out of the playoff picture so just you know college football is a different a different phantom I'm sure you remember the famous Mario Cristobal game that we had against Stanford and yep. uh, where he just didn't take knees. We lose that game. People are acting, Jeff, like what Dan Lanning did was on the same level of how egregious uh, the decision-making was from Mario Cristobal. And, and to that I say, good day, sir. Go away. Get out of my Twitter. Uh, what did you think about how aggressive Dan Lanning was? Oh, People are very reactionary, right? Um, if he converts one of those three, not he, the, the team converts one of those three, then Oregon wins the game. And, and all of a sudden, I think we look at Kalen DeBoer running the ball four times inside the 10-yard line and getting stuffed as a coaching malpractice, right? We look at, at decisions Washington. It's, just, it's, it's, you know, the winner and loser. That, that's kind of how we judge these things. And here's the deal. Oregon was 8 for 10 on fourth down heading to that game. They get three yards or more on 70% of their offensive plays this season. Um, I think the first one, in hindsight, you would take the field goal. I think he mentioned that. But the second one, guys were open. Uh, Bonex chose the wrong side. It happens. That's life. And I and the last one, I just didn't like the play call. I think that's, to me, that is, um, you know, I think if you're being critical of, of what happened, it's it's the it's the play calls, right? I mean, Bonex 
I watched a lot of Bo Nix play, you know, has not always been uh, the best at these rollouts. They're very de- decisive throws, and that's not really what Bo's best at. And so I think that's a good learning opportunity for Will Stein, who's, who's our OC, and I really like our offense. It's really good. But he's 34. It's his second season calling plays in college football, his first season in Power Five. This is the biggest game he's ever coached, right, in this situation. And I think it's a good learning experience. Now the question becomes obviously, right, um, you know, once – you know, once you, you watch that film and what do you do in the next situation? Oregon goes back on the road in Utah in two weeks, right? What do you do on third and two when you're trying to ice the game away? What do you do on fourth down when you're trying to make some plays against Utah's defense? So to me, it's it's where the growth comes now. It happened. It, it didn't work out. I'd rather coach be aggressive than, than not be aggressive. And so I'm okay with the decisions. Um, we should best better execution. Jeff, it's funny, like, if you get back to the preseason stuff and you look at, like, uh, pro football focus or a lot of these college football top ten offensive lines in the country, you don't even see Oregon. And I think they might have the best offensive line in the country. Have you been surprised at all how good the uh, O-line's been for the Ducks? No. This is the thing. People don't, people don't pay attention to the Pac-12. I mean, it's nice we're getting attention now, but this is a major grip of mine because, you know, the the knock on Oregon coming the season, as you mentioned, was their offensive line. Well, you know, Washington had to replace three starters. USC had to replace three starters. Oregon is playing right now with, you know, with basically two new starters, right? Um, the center was in and out of the lineup last year because of injury, but he was would have been a starter. And the left guard's back and the right guard's back. Um, and they have two new players, and one of them has started over, you know, started 20 games or more in Rhode Island. So it's not like he hasn't played college football before. And, and so I just felt it was lazy analysis to be like, oh, Oregon's offensive line is the issue. I, yeah. I, you know, a five-star playing left tackle um, who's a true sophomore. And, and you have three guys in the middle that play a lot of football, and you have a, 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 another kid who, um, you know, has played a lot of football. And there are backups. Unfortunately, I think some of the transfers got hurt, but we had two transfers transferring that had over 30 starts each in college football, one from Texas, one from ECU. So it's not like, um, you know, Oregon didn't have depth there. And I think that people just looked at a bunch of guys leaving and said, hey, that must be the reason why they're not going to be any good. And I think that they should do their research. Because um, we saw in this game, you know, Washington's interior offensive line really struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't know the injury at center and whatnot, but, um, you know, it is just lazy. And USC's offensive line has not played well either. So, like, it's just it was lazy analysis on um, what Oregon, you know, was going to be this year. Yeah, I agree. It says Oregon State here, number three on Pro Football Focus, which is funny. You know, I, uh, another thing really quick is the transfer portal. A lot of people were complaining about the transfer portal, but I thought, like, Saturday was a perfect example of why it's good because Michael Penix was in, in was at Indiana, and then you had Bo Nix at Auburn where he couldn't win a road game. Yeah. Do you think both of these guys are pro quarterbacks? Like, P- Penix made some ridiculous throws, but like you said, you know, struggled a little bit when he was under pressure. And then we've seen Bo struggle at times, but, like, I thought he played good enough to win that game, and he's been excellent the last two years in that system. They're pro quarterbacks, but I just don't know how good they're going to be in the NFL. I mean, Bo Nix, to me, you know, he, he this will be his 54th start this weekend. It's the most ever in college football. Um, wow. And I think there's still things that, you know, when you play as long as he does, he, he doesn't have faith sometimes in either his ability or the play call or the offensive line. He throws the ball so quickly sometimes. He's got a good arm. He doesn't trust himself. Yeah. You know, he tries to not make the mistake. I think Michael Penix, it's really interesting because, um, you know, I was looking at this number. I think he's rushed for nine yards this year, and part of that is that, you know, the sacks take a toll. I've only been sacked, I think, twice. Is, you know, he's just not a mobile quarterback. It, it doesn't mean that he can't move, but NFL teams have been drafting players that just move better than him, and I wonder if that really hurts him. He also has 
two offensive tackles that are going to the NFL. He has three NFL wide receivers. I think I think it's weirdly enough. I think people NFL teams hold that against quarterbacks that um, you know that that they put with too many good players. So I'm curious about. My, I think Michael Penix, if he figures out, um, you know, some using his legs a little bit. Like I think Michael Penix is a higher upside here in this uh, between him and Bo. But I think NFL teams view them as you know second or third round picks um, rather than first round picks. Jeff, I mean, as an Oregon alum, I've watched a lot of Ducks football where things in the Pac-12 look great, speedy, and then you end up playing in a bowl game or in college football playoff and you go up against an Ohio State or an Auburn and we've just been dominated in the trenches for a very long time. And that feels like it's changing. How do you think Oregon adapts uh, now that they're going to move to the Big Ten? Well, it's certainly changing Oregon, and that's because Dan Lanning is recruiting very good football players. Um, you know, you mentioned, I think, the portal in, in the last question about, you know, how it's helped Oregon and Washington, and it certainly has at certain positions. But I really think that the backbone of your team typically is your offensive defensive line, right? When you win or lose, that's sort of a reason why you win or lose, right? And we know that teams that win a lot typically are good in the offensive defensive lines. Um, you can't build a majority of those units in the transfer portal. Like the, the, it's, it, the data, the data is out there. We're seeing it. In, we're seeing it, especially out west with USC, yep. out with Colorado, teams that have said we're going to be portal teams, and then look at Oregon and Washington and Utah. That just you can add pieces here and there. Again, Oregon has a starting right tackle in the portal from a portal. Uh, you know they have uh, one of their defensive ends who's contributing this year. That's a portal kid. Uh, another, like they have a couple pieces right that, that they contribute as portal players, but. Oregon's best offensive lineman is a kid that they brought in. Oregon's best defensive lineman is a kid that they've had there for five years in Brandon Zorlis. Like, you, you need these backbone pieces to be in the trenches, and Oregon set up really well for that. Dan Lanning last year brought in 10 four- and five-star defensive linemen. He might bring in this year the best defensive line class in all the country. Um, you know, they, they're, they had a five-star visiting this weekend. USC is not doing that right now. US, UCLA is not doing that right now. Washington, is, to be fair, has a terrible recruiting class for how good of a program they've been the last couple of years. I mean, Oregon's the one team that you look at and think to yourself, okay, they can compete in the Big Ten. Now, this year specifically, I think Washington's offense might be the best individual unit inside the ball of, in the country, right? Like, they might be better on offense than Georgia is on defense or Michigan is on defense. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to beat both those teams in the playoff game, but, like, this year specifically, Washington's just made to, to, to be good on offense, and it's going to help them get to the playoff, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, to look at the Pac-12, and it's like it's l- this last gasp. It's been incredible it's to watch this time. conference for sure. Jeff Schwartz, make sure you check, check out the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on Let's with go. us. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. And what what if like they all decided, you know what? Pac-12, this is actually working out fine. We're going to stay here. We like, gotta... Actually, we changed our yeah, minds. We all, we're going to come back here. They just they figured out the Pac-12 network, get themselves a new TV Put it deal. All on ESPN. I, honestly, Lordy. how amazing of like a twist would that be? Mm. I'd love it. I mean, it's not going to happen, but you know, it's just still, it's fun to dream. We can all dream, right? Oh, so, yeah. There's maybe that. It's BetMGM tonight.